She served for six years as a life coach and a mental health advocate for women and youth. Now as an affirmation musician, she found creative ways to promote the message of conscious well-being through her music. Tony started making music as a tool for her life coaching clients to practice healing on the go. After great response from her first album, she decided to make music full time. What's up, fam? And welcome to another episode of the Handmaiden Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest on with us. I have Miss Tony Jones. Many of you may, have, may know Tony from her affirmation music. And so we have her on today. She's going to talk a little bit about her, um, the work, her work that she's doing. So I'll let Tony go in and just tell you a little bit about herself and her ministry. Got it. Yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Jones. As she said, I'm an affirmation musician. And uh, ultimately, I create music that helps people talk to themselves better. So thank you for having me on your platform to share who I am and what I do. Thank you. Um, Yeah, no problem. And so apparently this is what people want and need. And it's helping them navigate the complexities of life, you know, and mental health challenges and crisis. And so I'm just honored that, um, I don't know who I've always been is, is, is creating a lot of value Mm -hmm. in the world. Um, let's see what else I'm from Motown, Detroit, Michigan. So it's only, it's definitely on brand to be creating a whole genre of music (laughs) here in Detroit. And, uh, yeah, I'm just here creating from a place of, you know, me being myself. I really don't subscribe to a lot of titles like healer, spiritual leader. I'm a human being in this thing with y'all. So that's my, my religion is love and self mastery. So, so that's a little bit about me. And one of the interviews I saw you on, you said in your interview, when you come off sometimes and you listen to it and you're like, what did you just do through me? Can you just talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I feel like when you're on your healing journey, well, at least for me, when I was on, when I started my healing journey, I wanted to be better. Like it definitely had a, a tone of personal development interest. And but what I did not know is you embark and on a whole nother, like into a whole nother portal of yourself mm-hmm. when you start to examine your thoughts. Like when you start to really think about what you're thinking, you start to feel what you're actually feeling. You start to explore in your past as well as a museum. And what I think what that, what happens is you go to, you go into a place of no return. Like you can't go back. Mm-hmm. And so for me, as I started going more and more deep into my path and journey, uh, I think it leaves gateways open for a higher, for, for source to be a, to be a, for you to be a conduit for source. 
and for higher vibrations of consciousness because you are expanding space in your consciousness to examine the past, to explore what's possible for the future, but also be present in the now. That's like massive energetic space you're creating. So when you create that type of space, it's like you open up your heart. Yeah. And when you open up your heart, that's like, it's like blood in the water for sharks. It's like spirit, source, love, all type of ancient data is looking at you like, oh, she's a, she's an open vessel. Mm-hmm. Cool. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, it's times where I have been creating an album like I See Me Mantras and I'm just you know, in my flow, like I'm having fun. I'm not thinking deeply. Like it's not like I'm on and I'm just like, yes, let me say these masterful words. They're pouring out of me. And then when I hear them, I'm like, <laughs> till yeah. this day, till this day, I'm like, cause I'm, I'm not the same yeah. person that I was when I wrote that music. It's yeah. and I almost feel light years away. Um, but what I remember about the version of me that wrote that, I remember her being in shock, kind of, was just like, how did that happen? You know, and then I realized, like, I've always had this type of death. Mm. I've always had this type of creativity with words Mm. and expression. And so to never have used it intentionally as a gift and talent and as a profession was new for me. Mm. So to see the type of result I was getting when I was trying to get these type of results, doing other things, other entrepreneur endeavors, other passions. And I didn't really try with the music. It was, I didn't have doubt about it. I just did it. And so once it was done, I knew like, Oh, wait a minute. Like, there is no going back. There's no going back. There's no going back. And I realized that um, that all of us have the ability to be in that in the, be in that state of service. Yes. But you have to have an open heart. I can't I can't even give a recipe to it. It's just more so like once you realize like that we all have that ability to yeah. tap in and be open in that way. You realize, um, what was the word I wanted to say? You realize that we're all in service to each other and mm-hmm. for love. And there's no way, there's no going back because right. you can't unsee, you can't unfeel, yeah. unfeel that. I had a thought that I wanted to add to that, but essentially that's kind of my thought about, you know, me, me like, wait a minute, what just happened? Like, how did I end up being a conduit for this? And it's right. it's out here. It's like, once you have the baby, it's like, <laughs> now it's growing. Yeah, I always say, like, once you get into that presence, it's not something that you want to be without anymore. And in that space of love, it, it's, it's like no other. You're right, you can't go back. What was going on with you that even started this journey? Um, I would have to say, and, you know, when I started my business, my background is psychology and I love neuroscience. 
and human behavior is something I've always been previously passionate about. I'm not as passionate about it as now, but all, for majority of my adulthood, I was very passionate about it. I have my, my interests have evolved, my passions have evolved. Um, but when I started my business, it was based off that passion for psychology, human behavior, neuroscience. And I wanted to create a wellness company, a well-being company that helped women um, heal from workaholism and understand their psychology, their behavior, like basically they're cold. Mm-hmm. And so um, when I launched my business around 2015, because I think I started in 2013, 2014, but I didn't take it seriously till like 2015, 2016. And um, I started having these events. I started creating all this online content, doing all the how-tos to create a brand, create a message, taking the photos, taking the pictures, doing the ebooks, the pros, all of that. And I found myself being performative. And, and you know, as I started getting coaching clients from the events that I was doing, because my events were very unique then. Mm-hmm. And my message was very countercultural because it was all it's about mental health, self-care, self-love, but it wasn't catching on then. You know, it was all about being a bad bitch, you know, and getting the bag and getting money. Right. So it was it was exhausting to me to just be a message that the culture hasn't taken on yet. Mm-hmm. You know, so fast forward to 2018, I'll say spring of 2018, I was like, I can't do this anymore because I was a full time. I had a full time job. That was my dream job. But my part-time business as a wellness entrepreneur, um, I really wanted to. I really wanted to see what I could do with that as an entrepreneur. And entrepreneurship at the time and women's empowerment was a way. Is successful in entrepreneurship for women's empowerment was. It was kind of like a, a chain of identity, you know what I'm saying, and validation. So for me, it was just like I have to prove that I can be soulful and spiritually led and have this unique message and still get a bag, you know, right. and it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. And so through meditation and prayer, I was just like, God, you know, give me something that I can show these women that they can practice well-being and work ethic on the go, you know, like, and through a download of prayer, I, I'll never forget it because it was at my old house and um, it was affirmation music. And then, so I talk about it in my, I talk a little bit about it in my album, Mental Health Mixtape on YouTube. But, you know, I end up going to LA. Um, well, actually, I end up Googling affirmation music. There was nothing out there that was coined in that term. And I was just like, oh my God, I get to innovate this right. term and organize what this genre is, you know, so people can say, affirmation music and be able to identify what this is because it's very unique you know and so I started looking up different artists that are out there that are doing similar things and it just wasn't hitting the way that I wanted to hit like because you know mainstream music it hits you play it over and over again like whether it's Motown whether it's Janet whether it's Beyonce whether it's the Migos whether it's gospel like Kurt Franklin like when it hits you just you play it over and over again so it was like, because the mood it sets you in. So I was just like, my music has to be a mood. It has to be a vibe for people to be um, 
psychologically and energetically enrolled into it and devoted to it you know and so it was just like it can't just be powerful it has to pop like it has to have that bot to it so i end up going to california for a month wrote the whole album affirmations growing as woman came back to michigan applied for a loan got in the studio it was amazed at how it made me feel and I was like man I'm supposed to do this I'm like what if I'm supposed to do this yeah because I only wanted to create it for my clients I didn't want to become a full-time that wasn't in my that wasn't in my head so that's kind of how it, it all started and so in 2020 October of 2020 I ended up closing my coaching business started a membership group and became a full-time musician wow and that transition process for you from transition from something that's secure to something that's not, you know, like what you're being, your passion, what you're being, what you were created to do, that transition part, was it ever a part where you just was just like, I don't know, um, were you afraid of not knowing what the next step was? Well, I was getting residual income from the music, so I, it was a no-brainer. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I got something here, you know. Yeah. I just never knew that it could be that easy. Right. You know, I think the transition for me was more so internally. Yeah. Because as my music and message was expanding, my life was falling apart. Mm. And so... You know, I had to release old networks, friendships. Like, yeah. it's just, it's always these, for the past, it's always had to be these sacrifices of your most cherished attachments. And so I don't think that I was, I can't say I wasn't prepared, but I did, I wasn't completely right. aware of what I was going to have to cope through. Yeah. With such great things happening, but at the same time, your world is getting like your personal world is not matching up with your external world. And, how, and I was just like, whoa. I mean, even now, it's, it's um, you know, even now and even recently, I've just been going through it because yeah. it's so much, it's, it's a, such a contrast, a contradiction. So the transitions from going to one career from life coaching to affirmation musician was a complete, it was fun. I love the idea, but the acceptance of who I couldn't take with me was hard. Yeah, that was hard. That's hard. That, that was hard. And it still is like, I'm fighting back tears because, yeah. um, yeah, there's, it's just, you hear these celebrities, you hear these thought leaders, yeah. you hear these people that, go into the world and their world is expanded and now you know who they are yeah. you hear their stories yeah and you read these books about trust the process and you know um don't give up but it's it's nothing like experience and it yes yes yeah. it's, it's a whole different like everything that they say everything that you read is 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 thin when you're in it yeah but you do remember, like, this is what they're talking about. But it's a uh, question of how, what do you really want in life? Because you never know who you're going to have to let go yeah. and what you will have to let go. Or what about your own thinking right. and feelings and habits, personalities about you yeah. that you will have to let go 
to be your full expression of your greatness yeah. I've had to learn those things and um at each process it's like they're their core some people core that you know that stay like my mom yeah my cousin you know so I do have that to fall back on but then you're the others who you you never know that they would not be here you know and so just dealing with that but you're such a blessing to so many others you know and um you're really helping others you're sacrificing it's a it's 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 a sacrifice of love and so many are being healed and or even acknowledging that they need healing you know and um a lot of times we know we're not even aware of our thoughts and how our thoughts really create our reality and once you start moving into that process and that mindset that you start looking at your thoughts you're not really looking at anybody else's right now you're looking at your thoughts um not very good <laughs> and so then when you start getting a hold of it then some people who you shared that same thought process with they gotta go because you gotta go go. and hey I love you but we don't see eye to eye anymore and and you have to and those who you loved and would have fought any war (laughs) in your life um, you have to find I don't know if it's peace or acceptance, but maybe mm-hmm. it's peace and acceptance. But you have to find some. You have to you have to find that with them with them understanding you as a villain now. Yeah, you know? and yeah. you have to find forgiveness in the way that they perceive you. Right, and where in your where in your life where you were a villain to yourself that. Um, fed into that, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like it's like because it's literally like how you are a villain to yourself, you can be a villain to those who are not actually, um, not elevating and growing with you. And it has nothing to do with like this 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 linear way of of growth. It's just like you guys are on two different timelines. You know, you guys are you you guys are no longer aligned yeah two different realities and two different realities it's like you can take the train to chicago and i can take the flight to chicago but we're still going we're still on our journeys to chicago it's just we're on two different paths you need people who are taking the train in chicago that's who you need to go with yeah yeah I'm, i'm taking i'm either taking my car or i'm taking the flight but we're no longer aligned in the way we're transporting on our path yeah. And and to allow them to have that control of their own perception, and you can't. There's nothing you can't do you anything can do. about it. You, you can't. can't do anything about it. And it is been very, very um, painful for yes. me. Yeah. You just have a heart. Yeah, you have a heart, and you know. And actually, it, when we lose people, we do go through like a grieving process also, 
you know, it's like if someone were to physically die and you with someone, these are your people. And when you separate from them, you actually do go through a grieving process. It's funny you say that, and I feel like my level of vulnerability and transparency is maturing, Mm -hmm. but it's also like, I don't care anymore. So it's just like, I've been so cracked open the way I just don't care. So I'm just going to let you, let y'all know, like I listened to energy budget the other day and just was like, I wrote this. Yeah. The reason why I said that is because I watched myself for a year and a half not practice that with somebody. Mm-hmm. And so I realized that I'm still a student to my music. Mm-hmm. And because and, I, I get to embody it in deeper ways. Right. Not just be in the knowing of it, but in the embodiment of it, you know, yeah. in the practice of it in real time. Mm-hmm. And so when I wrote Energy Budget, I remember the time I was in, I was, I was recovering from a mental health crisis. And I remember, I remember spirit telling me, give me your pettiness. Mm. Just give it to me. No subliminal posts, no over explaining to other people, your story. Let it all go. Yeah. And I remember being outside in the driveway on the ground, welling on the soil, because I felt like, where's my justice? Hmm. Where's my justice? You know, why can't I have my say so? Why do they get to tell my story? And then I started to think about why in the world were they even that close to me? And then I start to go deeper out of the victim mm-hmm. energy and into accountability and into the lessons. And I realized I didn't have an energy budget. Mm-hmm. I realized that has been my lesson. Boundaries, discernment, wow. trusting myself, intuition. It was realizing that I allowed people I connected with to have full range immediately into any area of my life and access to my time, my heart, my gifts, my talents, my ideas, my vulnerability. And I realized, oh my God, I have to have an energy budget just like with any other type of, um, you know, tool of energy like money. I have a budget for that, you know. Yeah, I have a time budget. Like, I'm not going to be at a birthday party for 10 hours. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, so when it comes to my own energy, what is what is my energy? Yeah. It's everything about me. So it's like, at the end of the day, how much energy do I want to allot to people? Right. How much energy do I want to give to the past? You know, and so that was the state of mind, was just grieving the fact that I could not, be a victim because accountability was loud and loud and and loud. Yeah. <laughs> about remember how you chose this to mm-hmm. see, to learn this lesson, 
they are not, they're real people, but they're really just a pushed out expression of your mm-hmm. choices. Yeah. And so I, uh, the, that song is still hit even now because yeah. I can see where in 2021 and 2022 that I've, I was trying to fight to nail to practice that and it was slipping through my fingers <laughs> we you know we are work in progress we're work in progress and i like i always tell people who i work with that at least we start in the process the process you know we're at least we're taking the steps to go inside internal and see what's going on with us we're starting to check our thoughts and see how they um they play a big role in what we even pulled to us also. I want to talk yeah. about this one thing that you have here, your song. You said, you say, my cutoffs aren't personal, they're spiritual. And it just resonated with me so deep. <laughs> and then you say, I'm not the caretaker of those who want to stay asleep. The divinity, it says, I released the programming of being overly responsible for the happiness of others. The divinity in me you know what's up. Tell me who I should share my intimate energy with. I focus my energy on who sees me and skillfully respects me. That's deep. That is so deep because a lot of times we to get to that mindset that I focus my energy on who sees me, sees the real me, not all of this, or not what I can offer and give, who sees me and skillfully respects me. Can you talk just a little bit about that that um verse or that line? Yeah. Um, who sees me and skillfully respects me. Oh. Um, it comes from having a lot of experience of being handled by those who weren't skilled mm-hmm. and how much of a toll it took on me, how much it of a toll it took on me, not that they weren't skilled, but how much I still wanted to maintain that connection. Like, those words come from a place of like, it's it's really wild to be about this message and be the opposite in your, your life. Like it's, it's like the opposite is something you're learning how to release out of your own life. Right. So I say that my cutoffs aren't spiritual. I say that I want people who are skilled in respecting me and who sees me. So guess what I'm going through? I'm going through being attached to people who aren't skilled mm. in respect to the people who do see me but don't see me, you know? Yeah. And so for me, it's not about like, uh, I'm about to cut them off. It's no. about what is in me? What is what is what is inside of me that is more attracted to that? Mm. And so for me, it's like you know, people, pe- people. It's a risk to 
connect with me mm-hmm. because I may have a trauma response to maintain our connection and make people please you. I don't think I'll do it anymore because I just I've gotten I've I've ended a major life cycle right. with that lesson um, recently. But I will definitely say that it comes from not being just wise to know to say that it comes from the internal hells I've been through to see where the source of me practicing the opposite is like to see where it's at seeing what needs love and healing for me to embody the message that I realize and been enlightened to right so it's like when I write it down it's like medicine for us all to realize and be awake to see like no, there aren't no haters or enemies or we're not victim to anybody. What we really need to see is go use this music as a tool to see ourselves or why we wanted to be attached or why we keep having the same lesson with people. Like, so we can get to the source of it, heal it and enjoy making better decisions and setting boundaries with people because the reality is we all are a hero and a villain in our own stores. We all have shadows. We all have trauma codes that we're all on the timeline of healing. Yeah. Whether we're slow, fast, unaware, or aware of what we need to heal. The reality is we have to be more mindful and better in our decisions and learning the lessons so we can make better decisions and better choices with people so we don't have to repeat those painful lessons and having to cut people off, having to detach from people who aren't skilled in loving you and respecting you. Like, okay, aren't we exhausted with that? We have enough (laughs) going on in the world. Like, we need to know, okay, this is my trauma response. Okay, well, this is my trauma response. Okay, well, I need to set this boundary and okay, can you respect that boundary? Okay, you can't. Okay, we need space. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. it may not need to be a cutoff. It may need to be appropriate the relationship for spaciousness for people to grow and for you to grow. You know. <laughs> That's so funny that you bring that up because. Um, I'm coming out of abusive situation with a man. Mm. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, romantically abusive situation. I didn't know I was in until I got help. Yeah. And it's happened recently. Mm. And it's like when you're in it, like the way that I put it to my therapist, I was like, it's like when you're in it, it's like you're in a coma, but you can, you know how you could be in a coma, but you can still hear people, but you can't actually interact and talk to them Yeah, and speak up for yourself and what you think about what they're, that's how I felt for a year and a half. Mm. And this person I worked with had a lot of power in my business. I gave away because I loved them. And yeah. they're man. And so my mind and perspective on vitamin is, is looped up in things. Mm-hmm. 
for me to understand deeper of what it feels like for women who experience narcissistic abuse. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was. I, I, I learned about it. I was educated about it. But the effects of what it does to your nervous system, ooh, I'm recovering from. That one. And, and um, but at the same time, I had two brothers hold space for me recently uh, that spoke into my life. And it made me realize um, and I follow a guy named Leon Walker on Instagram that has um, gotten, he's a recovering narcissist and his work is phenomenal. Um, vitamin means something different to me now. Mm. Um, because it's, it's, it's not just about viewing how you view them. It's about how you view yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And when you view yourself in a healthy way, a healthier way, you're able to point out and see where the men in your life are that are healthy. You get to also keep whatever moments you had with someone that were healthy and you get to give that attention more than anything, you know? And so I think vitamin is really can be, uh, you have to be careful with that song. Yeah. Because it can be very violent to those who experience abuse by men. Right. And so I encourage people with that song to use it as a, um, a tool to protect you from being bitter, right? From you being um, wallowing in victimhood, and not just wallowing in victimhood, but just finding a home in it, right? Like that's the only narrative and data points you have. That's just the only universal fact for your situation with him, right? And so, it vitamin is a way to open your expand, expand your 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 perception to say, where are the healthy men in my life? Let me meditate and take a deep breath and explore. What does it feel like for me to believe healthy men Mm. are in life? What does it feel like for me to um, have the energy of believing that's possible for me, to seeing that in others, in my son, in the, the man who's bagging my groceries, to the clerk to my cousin, to my father, like, you know, really just taking the time, like use it as a tool and use it softly. Because like I said, when you've experienced abuse, it's very easy to collect all the data and evidence and data points to say, all men are just, they are violent threats like and and for me right now I can't say that's not a real perspective that I I I don't have right like I'm nervous I don't know if I want to ever get married like you know I but at the same time I know I'm in recovery from a traumatic experience that's what I was just about to say yeah and I have I have to allow my humanity to feel and think certain things but also 
understand I don't have to make a home there. Yeah. I can allow myself to take my time in healing yeah. and know that I'm ex- still I'm still experiencing healthy men. Yeah. I'm still like I was just poured into. Yes. Last week and other week that and I'm telling you what I say, it was like a blast shot of healing. <laughs> oh my God. It was just like it's nothing like when a aligned man mm. just mm. pours in you and it's so pure. Yeah. Like it comes from spirit. It has nothing to do with money. It has nothing to do with providing you resources, opportunities. None of that is about like them going into their own source to love and pour into you from a pure place because they've got they've done the work to go that deep. Come you when you get in the sisterhood, it hits. But when yeah. it comes from man, it's just like it lands. It does. Deeper. It, it does. lands deeper. And so, you know, all in all, I just wanted to be in my most authentic state in yeah. my response to that song. Yeah. You know, because I could have gave a, a, a I could have given a truth from an old timeline. Right. But I have to be honest, I didn't go through what I just went through just for me. Right. So I'm I'm giving you some uh, yeah. a response, an answer in real time that's raw. And it, and it's and it's what I what we pick up in your music too. It's raw. Even if it's a different time, it's still pure. Is still divine, you know? Because one of the parts in that song I like is when you say, I'm a conscious man's compass. Is that still, that's still true for you? I am a conscious man's compass. Yes. It's uh-huh. still true for me, even though I can't afford to entertain it as much. Right now, yeah. Right now, yeah. Narcissistic abuse is that hits the soul in such a. I can't even explain it because I've gone. I I know. I can't. I take my hat off to everyone who has, who even hopes for love or has faith in it after you come out of something that painful. Um, It's, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I get it. It really, yeah. That's why I tell people, like, right now, it's like, follow Leon Walker, like, on Instagram, because to hear a Black man talking about narcissistic behavior because he's done it. Yeah. And he got help. Like he's a he's he's like a phenomenon because mm-hmm. they don't get help. Yeah, people who suffer who suffer from that personality disorder they don't get help. And so to hear from him, like, is it, it opens your eyes to these traits and behaviors, right? That you're just like. Because I'm constantly feeling, I'm constantly realizing, like, what the heck was I in? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it's so. It's a circus. <laughs> it's a circus. And yeah. how was I enduring that? What were the beliefs that I had to sustain that? And so, um, yeah, it's it's um, it's a very um, 
and I never wanted to, I, I, even when I was in it or even after I was stepping out of it, I still didn't want to believe they could do that. Like they were like that because I'm, I would never, I never want to be, and they knew this. I never want to be a woman that champion all the trendy labels we give men that we chose. Right. F boy, you know, toxic masculinity. I'm never, you're never going to hear me champion that in my language when it comes to labeling men. So I never wanted to call the situation narcissistic abuse. I never wanted to look for that. For that, yeah. But when you see the continuity of the behavior and the effects, like it took my therapist to examine my symptoms and be like, baby. And she was just like, yeah, I just have to tell you, like, you were in a very manipulative situation. Relationship situation. Yeah. And I still didn't believe it. I'm like, you know, I'm like, maybe he has tra- he has trauma, like yeah. whatever. But the more and more I separated myself from it, the more and more I had to just um, accept right. what I was in. And, you know, that it really plays takes a toll on your mind because it you does. get gaslighted, you get what they call it, gray rocked, um, ignored, and then... Your trust in yourself just, it just, it it just really, weakens. It starts to dissipate. It takes a toll on the whole... Your whole psyche is... <laughs> that's rough. And... I know because I've come out of it and, and, and you know when I came out of it I was very on guard very on guard you know you you don't the walls go up yeah, mine are up mine yeah, are they're up, up. They, they go up and everyone that comes around you you're looking at everybody like is that a narcissist that a narcissist you know like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know and they say that that would happen and eventually, you know, as time goes on and you learn how to start processing again and understanding you and your mind again, it it does change. And the thing that happened with me is um, I found myself running into another one. <laughs> Immediately afterwards. It, was, yeah. it wasn't a man, though. You, it, it, was, means, it, was, yeah. it could be like... A, a homegirl who I really trusted and I thought was like a nice person and you're like oh that's exactly what happened immediately you didn't see that one coming you know I didn't. you was my homegirl so yeah you know it, it, but you know what I have done done so much shadow work and um one thing I've seen with myself is that what I do when I work with other people is because um, I believe that emotions are just energy emotion. So when I'm dealing with um, someone and I see things that maybe because I always try to figure out how did they, this person come into my reality? How how did that happen? <laughs> so one thing I do, I started doing these little activities now where when I see people or just any anything that I see that I'm not really keen on, I write it down. Let's say, for instance, I feel like they don't listen or they don't support. Then I take out the I and I put, I don't support. I don't listen. 
And sis, I started doing that because I'm trying to figure out how do these people come into my area? Mm-hmm. And when I started doing that, like I don't support. One of the things that I realized is that I don't necessarily always support myself. Maybe I'm not speaking up enough or maybe I'm not supporting my intuition when it's telling me something. And it, it really had me sit down and take a look. And I'm like, because I'm trying to figure out how did these people get around me? You know? And yes. um, so I've been sitting down working with that. And um, is is really helping me because I'm very intentional about what it is that I'm doing, who that I, you know, like you said, I want people around who see me, who value me, and they love me, like truly love in the purest state, you know? And so... Um, I think a lot of women and a lot of men, you know, men are dealing with narcissistic women also. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they, they are. They're dealing with it also. And they're not, they don't speak out like how we do. No, they don't. They don't. And so, but it's, they have like so much um, things online for help if they would seek it, you know? Because even here in your song, you said, the men in my life, the men in my life, they're healthy. They aren't afraid of invitations to reach the depths and heights of their expansive potential of self. And um, I think that's what the brother you were just talking about. Um, yes. talking, he, had, he had to go through that to even get to that point to identify that he was that way and that he was doing those things to people, you know? Yeah. So, and I can't be, and, and it's, and I think when you're uh, t- anxiously attached to someone, yeah. you want to be a part of their, you want to maintain the connection while they're growing. Yeah. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to not be involved. Right. And so, but what true pure love does is provides that spaciousness. Yeah. So whether it's together or not, you have to allow that person to be with themselves, yeah. you know, be, yeah. and allow yourself to be with yourself because that's the only really opportunity for you to see whether um, you guys can be aligned or not, you know? And so I just know that when you're dealing with, nar- I know now when you're dealing with narcissists, you can't really deal with them. <laughs> like, no, you can't. It's just, you can't, you can't really deal with them. Not as a, like, I'm a HSP, which stands for a highly sensitive person. Mm-hmm. And that's not our habitat at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it's no, you don't, it's, it's, it's not boundaries you set. You set something a lot more um, <laughs> firmer than that. Like, and- borders. You need borders and they need to feel the wrath they get across those borders you know yep and the thing is with them you can't play around with that um no can't you can't play around with it because they look for an inch you give them an inch they take a mile and then your head um playing the mind games again and um and, and you can't you know sometimes you can't play the mind games with yourself feeling like oh, remember when they did this or, you know, we had all that nice times or whatever. You can't even play those mind games. You know, you 
cut all of that. <laughs> you gotta cut it all off. Yeah, you, you you know. But you know what? We are a work in progress, and yeah. we came to we came to Earth to learn. You know, we're and we're learning. And if you can walk out of this still with love in your heart and service, I think that's a good path, you know? Yeah. I think that's a good path. You have so many other songs, sis. So your ministry is phenomenal. Um, The Most High is working through you. Um, This is only a phase in your life. It's only a phase. And you're going to come back from this, like, just beast mode, you know? It, it When you encounter a narcissist, I think for empath, when an empath encounters a narcissist, it's something that we have to learn, too. It's definitely, for me, I feel like if I'm, if a narcissist, if, if I'm in a narcissist path or anybody's path, I think it's time for healing for them. But when they come into our path, I think it's, it's another level of consciousness that we're moving to a higher level because you can only go higher after that if you have that will. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what I've learned from that. Um, when these difficult times come like that, I it's a shift that we need to make. The soul has a shift. Either you're going to go ascend or you're going to stay or you're going to go back down. Yeah. So that I think that it's like a fork in the road. So when they come into our path, it's something it's, t- it's for us to level up, boss up a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Definitely. And I um, you have so much song that I could go through and I would have you on here all day, but I know you have things to do. And so I've just, I thank you so much just for taking your time and coming on being real, being authentic. Cause it even forced me to kind of, come out of my shell, <laughs> you know, and, um, but I know that it's going to be healing for so many people because so many people are going through these things. So many people are waking up and being enlightened and finding their way, speaking their truth. And I, I definitely believe that your ministry is definitely something that the people need right now. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I thank you for coming on today. And thank you all for stopping into the Handmaiden podcast. If you have any, if you check us out on RestorePeaceAndHarmony.com, if you haven't got the 21-day guided journal, um, how to deal with our thinking, you can catch that on um, our website. Also, you can pick up our other journal, um, just for creative writing as well. So check us out in the Handmaiden Podcast, RestorePeaceAndHarmony.com. Thank you all. 